Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody, to the 91st episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Moms, do you have any issues with your teens regarding money? Do your teens blow through their money in a nanosecond and then come back and ask you for more? Or they say they need to buy those $300 pair of jeans because that's what all the other teens are wearing? What do you say? What do you do? I remember a dad telling me he was recently divorced about his daughter asking him for his credit card because she needed to buy a pair of black jeans for her new job. He wanted to look like that cool dad and said, sure, and gave her his credit card with no guidelines. You guessed it. He was shocked when his daughter had spent over $500 on her black jeans and many, many other things. So... I'm so excited to have a special guest today to talk about how to raise money-wise teens. Molly Ward, CFP, Certified Financial Planner, CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, and founder of Well-Lived Wealth, LLC, is a financial planner based in Houston with more than 20 years of professional experience. When she's not helping clients take control of their lives through financial management, you can find her throwing a ball in the front yard with her 11-year-old son, late evening dog walking with one of her teen daughters, paddle boarding on gorgeous Texas Hill Country rivers, playing tennis with a friend or hosting weekly Friday fajita parties. That sounds fun. So Molly Ward offers securities through Equitable Advisors LLC, member F-I-N-R-A slash S-I-P-C. Investment advisory products and services are offered through Equitable Advisors LLC, which is an investment advisor registered with the SEC and annuity and insurance products are offered through Equitable Network LLC. Well-Lived Wealth is not a registered investment advisor and is not operated or owned by Equitable Advisors or Equitable Network. Well, there we go. So welcome, Molly. Thank you, Colleen. I'm a big fan. So thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And I know the moms are going to be very excited to get a lot of your well-earned wisdom. So one, I want to ask you, um, well, actually, I'm going to ask you, how did you get interested in being a financial advisor? I wasn't expecting to become a financial advisor. Um, I was a history major. I was engaged before I graduated from college. And my plan was to be uh, stay at home, have babies and kids and support my uh, husband, who's now my husband, was my husband. As it turned out, I had a, a temporary job at a bank, one of the largest banks in, in Texas, and where a lot of family money, big Texas family money was. And that opened my eyes to the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner designation, just so that I could have that and learn for my family about what to do with money. And so it was basically a nerdy hobby that got me into this. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So you know this, you have three kids, you have two girls in college and you have a son in middle school. So this is something that you live. And so I'm going to ask you this. So when should you start talking to your kids about money and what should you talk to them about? That's a good question. So it's, it's always a good time to talk about money, according to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, unfortunately my kids have to suffer through me being a financial advisor, financial planner, and and always seeing, you know, the money in something. There's just so many examples uh, around us to discuss money. If they're teenagers by now, they've been picking up on cues from you already for years. So many opportunities, you know, from something simple like going to the grocery store and they want some new lip balm that they have to have. And you you let them to decide that if they want it, they can pay with it with their own money. And then sometimes usually they don't want it anymore. That's a good lesson in itself, talking about money. Another example I had the other day was on, I was taking my son and his baseball, some of the baseball boys to a tournament. And we went on the toll road and that started a discussion about toll roads and then that led me into a discussion about how does this toll road get paid for? And then that's a bond. So financial concepts like bonds and stocks, that became a, it was a very long car ride probably for that. <laughs> uh, but it was great because it brought up topics about risk and investments and the different theories around that and some education. So that's, you know, there's just all these examples around us that are pretty concrete Uh, But there are some that are more abstract that have to do with happiness and money or contentment and money. And I think those are important to bring up as well. So what are some of the traps that moms can fall into with teens and money? And have you fallen into any of those traps? (laughs) Yes, I have fallen into them. I mean, I've got some great guinea pigs with my daughters. So they're practicing all the time with this. So it's not (laughs) It's hard not to give in if they have their friends have uh, fancy clothes and you want them to keep up and they want to keep up. I get that. You know, you want to provide the best for your kids. It comes from a sweet place to to give them anything they want for them to feel like they look good. Sometimes I see a parent that had to work really hard for their own money and didn't grow up with that kind of extra income. And so in turn, they they're, think they're helping their child by giving them whatever they need. Or no, not what they need, but whatever they want. But some of the traps, I think, are, you know, sending them off into the real world without any experience about how to handle money. You're guiding them on how to do laundry, and they're going to know how to do that when they go to college. But are you guiding them on how to budget and how far you could stretch a dollar and and responsibility around that? There's the everyday traps, but there are the bigger concept traps of, of launching them. And trying to pick a college can sometimes be a trap as well. What are other ways that moms can help their kids handle money? When they turn 13, you can go to the bank and get a checking account and a debit card and they can have an allowance or they could have an allowance from when they were younger than a teenager, but then the allowance can be automatically deposited to their checking account. And then they can be responsible for that debit card and and what's in that checking account. You know, you would want to make sure that there was no link to your checking account, you know, like an overdraft protection. Yeah. you wouldn't want to have that on there because they might not get that the debit card is not a limitless you know, tree of money. You know, having the responsibility around a debit card, paying for their own things, sitting down with them and brainstorming with them. Yeah, here's, here's all the list of things that you have to pay for. You know, you're expected if you're going to go out with your friends for a meal, you're expected to pay for that. And your allowance is going to cover this many meals per month. Or if you want a T-shirt, it's going to be on that list. Or if you are going to a birthday party, 
you're expected to pay for the birthday gift. So, you know, deciding what you're going to pay for and then what they're going to be responsible for and having that up on a system where they're getting an allowance each month. Maybe actually with my kids, I started it once a month, but we had to back it to every two weeks because that was easier for them to manage. How it goes and you can track it it's so easy now with the, the, the apps and with the banking and being able to download what they've spent. You can easily track it and then get into a system, but the system can always change too. Yeah. You want it to. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you're bringing up, which I think is really going to be helpful for moms, is the clarity piece. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the traps that moms get into is they haven't really thought through. They're a little fuzzy about what they're going to pay for or not going to pay for. And then yeah. the, the, the daughter or the son is going to come and just be pathetic because they've run out of money and they've got to pay for their best friend's birthday present and what are they going to do? So all of that, it sounds like what you're talking about is that the parents really get clear beforehand about what they're responsible for. Yes. Yes. And, and so what I like to do is come up with that list. I'm jot some things down that, that I'm thinking about that they should be responsible for, and then get my daughter involved and say, Hey, do, is there anything else on this list that you expect me to pay for? Or, you know, that it's going to be your responsibility versus my responsibility. And let's, let's come up with that list together. So you've got their buy-in on it. No, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> and then it can be adjusted if needed. Um, so I think that you're right. They have to be real clear on who's paying for what, because then you're going to be slipping them random money every once in a while. And then if you change your mind, if they're doing something maybe a little extra special, you can you know make sure you say, hey, that this is my treat this time. Here, here you go. Yeah, so that's great because it's mom's clarity and then checking in with your daughter's expectations. Because that is definitely a recipe for drama right there. Right, right. And, and, and having it in writing, my older daughter is really good at calling me on what I just said I would pay for and what she would pay for. And that's, I'm so glad she's watching it. Yeah. I'm curious, what were some of the money messages that your mom taught you? <laughs> well, how long do you have? <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, you, you bring money messages are something that, that are important for us to, to all know that we have them. We, we had, there's something called money scripts and there's, there's four money scripts. We all lean towards maybe one or two of them that um, paints our view on money and how to handle money. Maybe we're, you know, driving our loved one nuts with our view that we didn't even know we had. My mom had a, a view of, of money script. Hers was money vigilance. So there's, there's four of them and vigilance is actually the most uh, healthy of all of them unless it's taken to an extreme. Money vigilance is those that are obsessive researchers. They're going to get the best deal on anything. They feel guilty about spending money. When I was little, we always ate at home. My mom was a great cook. Occasionally, we got to go to the drive-thru for a hamburger. We could get, we were not allowed to get a cheeseburger because we had cheese at home that could be sliced and then melted in the oven, not the microwave, if you really wanted a cheeseburger because cheese was 10 cents more. I never had a cheeseburger, which I'm thankful for. All those calories and all those times that added up. So that's an example of money vigilance. And then there's also money worship, which, you know, money solves all of life's problems. There's money status where money leads, where you believe that money leads to your success or status in life. And then that last one is money avoidance. And that is a a source of anxiety. And Mm handle on yours, it's, that's going to help transition into your, your teenage daughters as well uh, of understanding how you're viewing it and maybe guide her. Yeah. 
So what kind of, what do you think is the line in terms of the vigilance where it's like, that's kind of a healthy vigilance and over the top vigilance? <laughs> well, right. There's a balance there. You know, mm-hmm. there's a balance between being frugal and trying to get the best deal and obsessively researching. Also, you know, being kind of greedy. I think you have to think about, you know, what's your goal? Is it for your family to have harmony or is it to get the best deal if you're one of the money vigilance people. Yes, there there can be an extreme which which would not be healthy. Yeah. So can teens really manage their money or be responsible with money? I think they can. Yeah. Certainly can be. And and I think it's imperative that that they do learn. And you know, here's why I preach this is, you know, you fast forward with that teen 20 years from now, they're in their 30s. And I see women in my office that they're brilliant businesswomen, they're hardworking, but they're unnecessarily suffering because they've had this time in their life, uh, which we all have, you know, the inevitable season of whatever it's going to be, the health crisis, a death or a divorce. And if that person, when they're 30, has already has the behaviors intact of good financial uh, management with herself, that's going to change the course of her life and her family's life. So I feel like, you know, if you back into this when they're a teenager and then you launch them, they're going to be so much better off when, you know, when those hard times do come. Yeah. One of the things about a teenage brain is that they have a hard time with having a long-term perspective. Mm-hmm. How do you teach them that? Well, there's a financial IQ test that's developed for United States baseline financial IQ and it's only six questions. Even what they've found is even if somebody can make 100 on that test, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be successful with their money. And so where I'm backing into that with the, with the teens, and it's sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm doing my kids an injustice if I'm focusing so much on their ACT score instead of, you know, hey, you need to get a job just maybe down the street at a local retail store and have some experience with something that's more real life, realizing that they're in the bubble. I think that the number is only 33% of children that go to college right now have had a job. Hmm. So, you know, that grit is going to be much more helpful in the long run than the college application and how shiny that looks. But back to the impulsive part uh, with the teenagers, you know, if they have a debit card that has no link to your account or an overdraft protection, then they're, they don't have any money. There is none. That's going to be so helpful to them to run out one day. <laughs> and and yes. they might be ordering water at the with their friends. And they might get asked about that, but that's going to be so helpful in the long run if they have this, you know, mistake of running out of money. Yes. Let's say there's a mom out there who's been divorced and they don't have as much money as they used to, and they're kind of struggling to make it. I mean, I think sometimes that it's almost harder for those moms to say no, because they don't want them to be, their kids to be without money. You know, it's almost trying to compensate for their situation. Yeah. So could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. It's really hard to say no in that situation to uh, the kids and the money. And, you know, frankly, she's probably exhausted and it's just easier to hand the money over to the teen and in the conversation, you know, but we all know that's not going to be the best in the long term. So I think this is a great opportunity to bring that teen in to knowing what what it's like to have an income and not be able to spend more than you make. 
And so bringing the teen in, not in a worrisome way, you know, where I'm going to run out of money, you wouldn't want to message, you know, that, that would probably scare the child. But I've got a great opportunity here to learn how to not spend as much money. And that's going to make me feel more secure and safe and feel better as a mom and, you know, providing for you. You know, this could be a great exercise for us together. We're going to tighten our belts and maybe go at it together. I mean, that's, I would think it would be a pretty good age to, to learn something like that and a great opportunity. Yeah. What do you think teens need to learn about, about money right now? Well, of course, I'm thinking of about a thousand different things, but I'll try, I'll try to narrow that down. Well, you can, you can talk about a thousand different things because I know um, it's a big question, but we live in a very different culture right now than when we grew up. And what I love about what you do is since you're a financial planner, is that you do have a long-term perspective and I'm wondering how much can be taught to these kids about that. I don't know. It wouldn't be necessarily like sitting them down in a classroom type of thing. They're learning so much by example. And I, mean, I can remember things back from my childhood that my dad would mention to me. And I still remember them today. So just being an example and bringing topics up, you know, he'd be paying bills or he would talk about uh, insurance and how important it was to have health insurance and proper coverage and, you know, risk. I mean, bringing these topics up are are really important. And the value of having a rainy day fund, that's going to stick with uh, your kids to just to bring that up. You know, it's just so important to send them off in the real world with these skills, you know, even in for in college. And so what I like to do is I like to give the kids responsibility with their own money and say, you know, here's how much money you have to spend. Here's the budget we put together. But when it runs out, it runs out. And maybe they're going to spend less in one category than y'all put on the budget. You know, and then they get to start making these decisions on their own. So they're going to have to go and buy a spiral notebook at the store. Well, which spiral notebook are they going to buy? Are they going to buy the cheaper one or the more expensive one? They get to make that decision because if they buy the cheaper one, they're going to have more money left over to go do something fun with. What, what do teens need to learn about money? I think the connection between how they're living today at their home and how they're going to live in the future is really important. I think that it shows that these habits are just so important. These little habits and behaviors are the indicator of somebody being successful with their money later. And the successful doesn't mean making a huge high income. It just mm-hmm. means being financially smart. Financially smart means making sure that you have a rainy day fund. You know, these pretty simple financial concepts, but they don't come easy if the money scripts are off and the behaviors are off. It's so it's so abstract, but how, how do you teach that to your kid? I and mean, you teach it by talking to them about what you're doing to be successful in those areas of preparing for a rainy day, thinking about the long term. So I love that you said financial habits. What are Mm -hmm. some of the habits they could get into? I think one of the best habits they could get into is checking their bank account every day to see how much money they have and to see what's been spent. Look at their transactions and look at their balance. Another great habit to get in would be if they have a savings goal, let's say they want to save up for a car or that they want to save up for something a year from now, they want to buy this amazing computer or dress or whatever it might be. Well, teaching them, you could have actually two accounts at the bank. You could have one that's going to be their spending money on what you've agreed to that they can spend and their allowance. And then the other one is this one that they're saving up for in the future and showing them that they can save for it and just a little bit at a time. My daughter wanted to go to Thailand on this service trip and it was pretty expensive. I had her have a savings goal. It was probably a year and a half out to go to pay for part of that trip. And so she had a separate account where she could see that money building 
even though it was just a little bit of money that she was making every week, it sure did add up and she was able to come through and pay for it to be able to go on that trip. I think that's really motivating and that shows that you can accomplish these things that might seem overwhelming for them, but it can instill in them later what those good habits would be for saving. And then there's something about compartmentalizing and having separate bank accounts for the separate goals. I think that would be really helpful. I like that. Yeah. No, this is really practical stuff. So how do you keep teens from being entitled when it comes to money? You know, what's really reality in the United States of America on, on how much people make, what the median income is? You know, what is a normal, not normal, but what's a median or average amount of money that people have? Because they're, the teens are seeing all this messaging from, you know, famous people, athletes or rock stars or whatever it might be, influencers that are making all this money or they think they're making all this money. But in reality, they might not be. And I think having, you know, having these conversations about, you know, maybe they're bragging or maybe they're, they're maybe they're talking about somebody that's famous that, you know, bought this brand new car. And, and how fancy that car is and wonderful, fast that car is and how cool that car is. You know, that's a great opportunity to pipe in. Well, I wonder if they're really, I wonder how much happier they are now that they have that car. Asking questions like that and tying those things back to the real life and reality. And I think them understanding, sharing the facts with them about how much money it takes to live in the current home they're in. Sometimes it's really hard to talk about that because money's the, the last taboo subject. Yeah. And so discussing in your income or how much money you have with your kids can be uncomfortable and you don't want it to go out of your house. But I think if you do it the right way, it could serve as a really, really valuable lesson. You know, the perception of how much money is out there, there's always going to be somebody with more money. And teaching that, I think, is really valuable. A lot of my teens will talk to their moms and say something like, well, why won't you give me a car? Because their parents gave them a car. How would you encourage some of the moms out there who are feeling really pushed on that area? Yeah, well, that's a hard one. You want them to have a great car, right? So I, I would say, hey, let's let's do it. Let's figure out a plan to get that car. Now, if they're 13, that's going to be easier than when they're 18 or 16 because they have more time. Uh, but if they're already at that age, maybe you say, okay, here's X amount of money that I'm willing to put in for the car. You know, you need to do your homework on what kind of car that can buy you. You know, maybe it is one of these cars that has a great brand name to it. But it's going to be very, very old and it might fall apart. And, it, and maybe we make a deal that if it has to be repaired, you have to pay for that. The, the child has to pay for it. But having, you know, that's a great lesson if they want this car that's like their friends. If you have the money to do it, then, you know, why not let that be a great teaching lesson for them? One of my daughters going to give them a certain amount of money for a car. And I said, this is the last car. I'm. This is the only and the last car I will ever buy you. You have to keep that in mind when you pick what car it's going to be. I had certain parameters of cars I wouldn't, wouldn't buy. But, you know, she could have picked something that was very economical, brand new, that's going to last her 10 years because it's the only car I'm going to buy. Or she could buy something that wasn't as economical that she thought was cooler and not last her as long. But I was very clear that I would not be paying for it, any repairs uh, after college. Rules like that. I mean, why not make it help make it happen, but with some guidance on it? You're helping them figure out how to buy a car. Yeah. No, I love this because I love your approach because you're right. If you just sat down with your teen and said, let me tell you how it is in the financial world. <laughs> they would be completely spaced out, but you have such a great approach where you're tying it into very, very practical things. Like you said, the toll road, the mm-hmm. car, their dress, 
um, their bank account and giving them life lessons through that. So even, you know, if you're a, a mom and you can easily give your kid a car, and that's mm-hmm. not a problem at all. I think you, what you're bringing up is really good is just because you can afford it, you don't want to miss the opportunity to teach them some life lessons around money and responsibility. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's so important. And you can do it with a car, you can do it with college, you know, and it is a little hard to let them be the decision maker. Now you are the final decision maker, even if yes. even if you've agreed to this and it doesn't, it's not going as you thought, there will be a, a curveball thrown your way if you're working with a teen. So yeah, you can always change the rules, but anything like college or a car, those are huge amounts of money, huge yeah. amounts. And even if you can write that check without missing a beat, it is so valuable to them to learn those lessons. Well, yeah. And just even like with a car to break it down, like there's one mom I was talking to that I just felt like really did it right because she helped them think about, okay, this is what the car insurance will cost. This is what gas is going to cost. You're going to need money for repair. Yes. Um, Oil changes. And the way the teen brain is immaturity is not going to be thinking about all those things. So that's another life lesson They want the car. So if you just give them a car with no guidelines, they're not going to learn anything. So I like this. Yes, exactly. You're exactly right. And it's, it's such a great opportunity because you could, you know, you got to bring up that insurance and you've got to bring up the repairs and the, and the gas and okay. So now are those going to become part of the allowance that I'm already giving you monthly or are my paying for those? And you're going to be expected to pay for them when you graduate from high school. Making those front and center that those are real expenses along with the car is going to help them so much in the long run. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so helpful. So this is a different type of question. Maybe it's it's related to money scripts, but it's really how to teach your teens to think about money, like the value of money. And what I'm I'm specifically thinking about is that like you talked about the anxiety piece Mm -hmm. of like, there's not enough or I need to hoard it or greed or that money is something that you can make and you can be generous to people. So what, what are some of your thoughts about that? I know that's a big wide open question. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. You know, the, the, the teens are going to really pick up on their mom. If she's anxious about money or generous with money, they're going to pick up on it. Uh, I've had moms tell me before, you know, one of them had to be out of the workforce for a while and it was hard, you know, so her income wasn't going to be there and the teen translated it into that they're going to run out of money, uh, which was not the case. So you got to be really careful with the messaging that they might be picking up on. And then generosity is, it's such a great me- message. There. And so I think I've seen the examples I love the most or where case was a grandparent in particular about he wanted to give because he wanted to see how that worked out. He wanted to see the seed that he planted flourish. And so giving can be so fun and such a great opportunity to see what happens when you give, whether that's to a charity or to maybe you see somebody that's in need, kind of taking the ego out of money. Okay. One thing I'm thinking about when you're talking about money habits is tithing. This may be teaching your teens to put a little bit of money away that they could give to others. So it's not all for them. What do you think about that? I think that's a, that's a great opportunity to teach teens about giving and giving back and 
you know, sharing with them. You, if you're a parent that does tithe or give to different charities, you know, telling them what you do. You know, a lot of parents are doing that automatically through their account on, a, on an automatic draft. And so the kids might not ever see it if they're going to church or a place of worship, you know, where they pass the plate. The parent might not be doing that in front of them because they're having it come out of their bank account monthly. So make sure you tell them, hey, we give to this church or we give to this organization, you know, every month. And here's why. Those are great opportunities to to show that you do it and your example on it. I've seen some very, very generous families and they take a, a leap of faith on the giving. And it seems like the more they give, the more money they actually make. Well, this has been super helpful. If there are any moms who would like to know more about what you do and would like to contact you, how could they do that? Sure. My website is welllivedwealth.com and they can reach me on there. All right. So just well-lived wealth. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thank you. This is Molly Ward again, my wonderful guest. And if you want to reach her, you can reach out to well-lived wealth and that's her website. So thank you so much. Thank you, Colleen. This was great. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere. You can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.